Welcome to La Oiseira Podcast. I'm La Oiseira, and we're going to be having real conversations with health professionals from around the world that will move you to the bones. Are you ready? Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so excited to present you guys to today's awesome guest. We have Christine Osman here on the line with us. She is an expat from the U.S. who's living also in Buenos Aires with uh, actually pretty close by me. And I had the honor of meeting her in sort of a happenstance situation when we were both uh, on trips with our, pers- our significant others in Chalten. And we, put up, we set up our tents next to each other. And then we started talking because when you are a body nerd, you attract like-minded body nerds. Um, so please get yourself prepared and put your hands together, even if you're in your kitchen alone, for Christine Osmond, the occupational therapist, a beautiful nomad and amazing person. Here she is. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for that very nice introduction. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited we met each other. Like, I feel like we've known each other for a very long time, even though we just met each other a few months in yes, this sort of exactly strange situation. Right before, yeah, right before quarantine. Right before quarantine. Yeah, that's the that's the other crazy thing. Like we got that trip in right on time. Yes, snuck it in. Thankfully, <laughs> got a big dose of nature right before we got yeah in yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like I'm like, just, I'm like exhaling it very slowly. Like I, I <laughs> inhaled all the nature. I'm like, just a little bit today, just a little bit today. Like let it last, you know, um, as we go on like what, five months now? Um, but too anyway, many. <laughs> too many. We don't have to think about that right now. Okay. So <laughs> the first thing, first things first, I want you to tell us, because I know this is a question that you probably get a lot and you're probably completely tired of answering it. But I get the same question when people are like, what's osteopathy? So I want to know what is occupational therapy? I think a lot of people are confused about this. Does it have to do with your job? No. Tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's a a very common question. I have answered this a lot and it, um, it's a relatively new profession, um, in terms of medical professions, because it only came about uh, a little over a hundred years ago. Um, uh, but it doesn't really have to do with your occupation, <laughs> as we think of it today, your work. Um, but they use the word occupy is what you do to occupy your time. Um, so what is important to you? Um, it's sort of, it's a holistic approach to rehabilitation. Um, I describe it is similar to physical therapy. We do work with the muscles and bones um, or people with physical problems. We also work with people with cognitive problems, mental health issues. Um, I don't know, sort of you name it. Yeah, Um, it sounds really, it sounds really complete. Like you're not, it's not only just from a physical standpoint, but also you're working on, you know, really the, the the whole being, right? The whole being, and it's a very individualistic approach. It's a holistic, yet individualistic, Um, Mm -hmm. holistic and looking at the whole whole body and individualistic in um, it's very specific to each client you work with. So I usually describe it as say, if you 
and your grandmother had the same shoulder injury. I would treat you differently um, because, because of your age, because of your interests. Um, for you, you're very active. Um, your grandmother, probably less active now. For her, it's, if she doesn't have entire full range of motion in her shoulder, that's okay. But can she still wash her hair? Can she still take care of her own hygiene? Can she reach the stuff in her kitchen she needs to reach? I don't know, maybe she likes to knit or read. Can she lift the books she needs to? Can she put her arms in that position? Uh, you might have more, more physical needs that you need to do. Um, I love that because I think it's so important that the focus of occupational therapy is also on the person's interests and likes and the things that, that, that helps that that makes that person tick really, you know, like what are, if that person loves to knit and they can't knit, that's a priority in their life, you know? Exactly. Exactly. How can we find a way? And that's what I really like about it. It's, um, you get to be really creative. Hmm. There's been a little less creativity with, insurance restrictions and whatnot. Um, but that's what I love is, yeah, trying to find a way to, okay, now you only have, you've had some sort of amputation maybe to your upper arm, but you still love knitting. How can we devise something, something that allows you to do, do that, that you love so much in your new, your new physical state? I love that. It really has a lot of overlap with osteopathy. Like it, it really sounds like a medicine, an like an integral medicine, but also an art form because of the creativity that you need. Um, I'm a big fan of occupational therapy. How cool. <laughs> and yep, you, uh, you were telling me the other day, which was so fascinating to me, the origin of how occupational therapy started. Can you tell our listeners a little bit? Because Maybe I'm just a big nerd, but I totally think this no. is. <laughs> no, um, it, I was actually just like looking up a little bit more today to refresh my, myself because I know, I know I learned all the names and dates when I was in school, but just a little reminder of myself. Um, it really did start in mental health, actually. Um, in the 1800s, you know, they, they started creating asylums instead of just locking up people with mental illness. Um, right. And then they moved um, to these asylums where there was more outdoor space and they started having them in, engage them in meaningful occupations, um, doing art, doing gardening and that kind of stuff. And then they started to notice that it was actually really beneficial for these people and they were doing much better. They had them engaging in their own self-care. Occupational therapy had its origin in, a, mental, in, health. in mental health. Mental awesome. health. That's sort of where sort of the ideas started coming into play that, oh, actually engaging in purposeful, meaningful activity um, could be beneficial to people. Oh, that's so fascinating. And when, yeah. when, like, when should people apply occupational therapy to their lives? Like, is it only for people rehabilitating or I don't know is it a concept that we could even look at right now as people are looking for purpose and meaning during quarantine yeah that's what I was gonna say I don't think I think everybody can use the concept of occupational therapy and engaging in meaningful activity the benefits of that um, in their everyday life uh, without having to go see an occupational therapist 
Um, That's really cool. That's really cool. So talk to me, how did you, how did you encounter occupational therapy in your life? What led you onto this path? It was um, a little bit of a (laughs) circuitous route. Took me a little while. Um, I was always really interested in the mind-body connection, um, how your mental health plays a role in your physical health and vice versa, um, as well as just in, I'm a, I'm a brain nerd also. Um, <laughs> I love that about you. I love that about you. <laughs> Happy brain day. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um, for our listeners, we just found out that today's international brain day, whatever that is, um, we think it should be like international donut day though and include donuts. Donuts are good for uh, brain health, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> rice and stuff, I think, in there. Mm-hmm. But um, the sugar, you get that happy endorphin rush. From. <laughs> um, oh, so yes, interested in, in brain function as well. And uh, then when I was in university, I had a I played field hockey in college, and I had a teammate who had a terrible accident on Christmas Eve. She was hit by a car crossing oh, no. the road. From like a Christmas Eve service, it's really sad. Um, and she had a lot of um, bone fractures and stuff, as well as a brain injury. Oh wow! And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is this is the type of person I would love to work with. And I, I visited her in the hospital, and then she, um, the next year, she worked with our team as an assistant coach, and then she eventually finished school and now she's a special ed teacher. Um, Oh, wow. So she was really able to empower herself after that accident. She was. um, Yeah, she, she had a pretty miraculous recovery. She's, you know, still had some cognitive changes, um, but obviously was still very intelligent and was able to complete a master's degree and teach special ed. So wow. did, what a warrior. She did incredibly well. Um, and I, I didn't actually know anything about occupational therapy at the time. So I was trying to figure out how I can combine like more knowledge on cognitive function and mental health with physical health. So I was thinking of, okay, I'll get a physical therapy degree and then go back and get a master's in psychology so I can combine the two. And then Long story, ran into the right person at the right time, and they were like, as I was applying to physical therapy school. Of course. Um, yeah, thankfully <laughs> it was before, before uh, <laughs> applications all got sent in, and I started, but, and they said, well, that really sounds like that would fit in well with occupational therapy, and I was like, all I had ever heard was like doing ergonomic assessments, which is very important, especially now in the time of COVID, Making sure which we're ergonomic perfect. assessments would be like making sure that your posture is correct as you're working, for example. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, uh, and I don't know, like you have carpal tunnel. Now we'll do some exercise. And I thought, oh, that's so boring. Right. Um, and he's like, no, no, no. It's a lot more than that. Why don't you? I'd been working um, as an aide in a physical therapy clinic. And he said, why don't you see if you can transfer into the occupational therapy department? and learn a little bit more. And the more I looked into occupational therapy, the more I realized, wow, this is perfect for me. Um, I love art as well. And I thought, and I like being creative and physical therapy. So they were adapting to be more function oriented as well. Um, 
they still are a little bit more rote in their in their treatments than occupational therapy. I hope I don't get kicked back from any physical <laughs> therapist by saying that. It's no, just they have very they're pretty strictly biomechanical approach based, um, and occupational therapy is a little bit more all encompassing. Okay. Um, that's, but yeah, I was like, I think that's that an, I think that's important perfect. to know. I mean, I think there are definitely people who I'm sure you're like, okay, this person is definitely a good patient for physical therapy because maybe it's an athlete, right? Who really mm -hmm. just needs to regain the use of their biceps. But mm -hmm. um, you're you're really talking about patients who kind of need the whole package, and and I think that's what makes it such a cool and and different, unique approach to health and rehabilitation. Yeah. Um, it's, I think all the therapies are, I feel like I have to like plug physical therapy a little more too. They, <laughs> they do work with, they do try to encompass um, some cognitive approaches too. I, I think I was really fortunate where I worked for a long time in a trauma rehabilitation hospital, um, primarily with uh, brain injured patients and spinal cord injured patients. And we just had an amazing team and worked uh, really well together and everybody um, talked and we would try to incorporate each other's goals. Oh, lovely. So you um, really had like a teamwork sort of collaborative environment going in there. Very much so. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So tell me now you <laughs> came down to Argentina, Miss Nomad, occupational yes. therapist, and you were traveling around and now, oops, quarantine happened. You are stuck in Buenos Aires. What are you up to now? Like what, what are your projects? What do you I mean, it's such a challenging time for people who work with therapy and, and specifically with inpatient therapy. Yeah. What are you um, What are you doing right now? It has um, it has definitely been a challenge for me. I um, I'm a pretty big nerd and I enjoy taking classes, so I've been trying to take advantage of this time and take um, and take a lot of classes to sort of advance my knowledge within my profession. Um, as well as um, I've taken an intensive global health class um, and I'm looking into taking another one because as I've been traveling, um, I've realized how much I really enjoy working in less developed areas um, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to figure out the best way um, to get myself into that yeah. arena. Um, yeah educating on rehabilitative practices in less developed nations. Um, so trying to do what I can to do that. And also uh, I'm starting to look into how I can do teletherapy. What's that? From, from Buenos Aires, um, doing telehealth sessions like, like doctors do, um, doing consultations because though I really enjoy working face-to-face -face with people and a lot of my clients that I typically worked with in the past really do need physical assistance. Um, but I do feel uh, like there's certain people who do need more um, just exercise programs. They're, they're stable on their feet. Um, you know, I actually just made up a program for a friend the other day who kind of tweaked a back muscle. Um, and so I created a program and we did sort of a video session of performing the exercises, sort of an exercise prescription and instruction session. And we'll review them again later this week to make sure everything's going okay. That's great. Um, I think it's really a time where, where we are being challenged by 
by this you know, context to rise to the occasion of what technology really has to offer to yeah. still try to reach people the best that we can. And I mean, that's part mm -hmm. of the reason I decided to do this podcast. I'm not claiming that we're these like medical experts who can, you know, no, no. give advice, you know, virtually, but I do think it's great to just be able to generally talk about health and wellness and, and have these conversations and really sort of like visit people in their living rooms or in their kitchen, you yeah. know, in their Where headphones. Yeah. And just yeah. be like, okay. Um, a lot of times being able to see someone's home and the environment they actually live in is very beneficial because then oh, you cool. can make very specific recommendations to, oh, okay, your house is set up like this. Um, one of my specialty areas is um, home modifications and accessibility. Uh, oh, so, so like staying home is actually great for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would prefer to physically be there, but. <laughs> but you can travel all over the world just through Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as enjoyable, but yeah. Not quite as enjoyable, less sightseeing for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Oh, so um, doing all prevention stuff um, in older people's homes, just seeing, you know seeing what their house looks like, how you can aging in place is, uh, is something that's coming up a lot in our field now, how you can, because of the baby boomer generation, um, there's a large older population right now. Um, and how can we get them to be able to stay living in their home as long as possible and not have to sell that home and move and deal with all, all of that? How can we let them safely stay in their home? So. That That's kind of stuff wonderful. I definitely feel like I could do online making recommendations with videos um, of their home, talking with them in their home. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about this idea of, you know, feeling purposeful. You know, everyone, I think as human beings, we find we have a constant need, or at least as human beings in this society in which we were raised in, we have this need to feel purposeful. And I think that's really, I think it's important for like, you know, positive mental well-being. Mm -hmm. I know that my person, I can just tell you personally, my grandmother who actually passed away two days before her 100th birthday. She, I know she was such a warrior also. And I said to her when she was really old, I said, grandma or Nana, I called her Nana. Um, how do you do it? Because like, I think I want to live to be almost a hundred. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, and, and she was a person who had limited mobility, but still, you know, had her walker and tried to adapt her yeah. life to it. But she said, mm -hmm. you know, the key thing for me is making sure that my body stays active every day and making mm -hmm. sure that my mind stays active every day. Exactly. And I so <laughs> I want to, I want to talk to you a little bit about this now on National Brain Day. Um, I think a lot of people, or at least what I'm, the people that I've been following on Instagram and, and things like that have been giving so many great suggestions about, oh, here's a yoga class you can do at home or a bar method or this or that or the other thing. And those are all so awesome and I'm using all of them, but mm -hmm. I haven't been hearing or seeing a lot of recommendations on how to keep the mind active, how to feel mm -hmm. or how to, how to keep this idea of purposefulness. Is that a word? Purposefulness? <laughs> sometimes, no. sometimes no. my like, sometimes my like bilingual cables get crossed, got crossed. Um, <laughs> but like, how do we get people to maintain this mental activity 
in general terms, um, and also feel this purposefulness. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's hard, and I think it is something that I've struggled with here because oh, yes. I feel like I get my purposefulness from my job um, and helping helping others. Um, so it's been a little bit of a struggle for me, but I think in terms of doing meaningful, purposeful occupations, um, anything that gets you being creative, whatever that means, um, if you like to paint or you've always wanted to paint, start, start doing that. Um, if you like playing music, start working on that. Um, just being creative. I, um, I am fortunate enough that we live right next door in the same building um, to my partner's brother and sister-in-law and their 18 month old. And so part of my creativity has been coming up with activities to keep him engaged. And I've started, um, you know, we all had tons of toilet paper rolls we had saved up um, <laughs> and different recyclables and okay, getting to my OT roots, like, okay, how can I use all these materials that I have to make something engaging for him that will be beneficial to him, keep his attention, work on his developing motor skills. Um, and that, yeah, I love that. my mind going. Okay, so um, let, what did you do with these paper top, with these toilet paper rolls? <laughs> Tell us. It was hard. I, I did. I looked on Pinterest a bit, those kinds of things to get some ideas as well. Oh yeah, I mean, that's what Pinterest is for. We've got to use our resources. Yes, um, we did a nice little, I remember I had like a plastic marble maze. I don't know if you had that when you were a kid. Oh yeah. Yeah, so we did one with um, the toilet paper rolls oh. on the wall, on the door. Um, there's a video of it on my Instagram and I think Facebook page, Therapy Nomad. You can see his little excited face. Oh, um, awesome. Doing um, my cousin has, her kids are four and six, and I sent her a bunch of craft activities. They were making castles, um, you know, you can make different animals. Um, with kids, I think nowadays we have so many, like you and I used to get, like, here's a box of Legos. Right. Built. Be creative. Now it's, this is a set of Legos that makes this specific house. Right. And so everything's sort also of prepared kind of, for you. Yeah. And so um, I think for both adults and for children, looking at a pile of materials and thinking, what can I do with this? Obviously, with an 18 month old, I'm not just going to give him a pile of recyclables and ask him what to do with it. But um, for me to find something to do with him or for uh, my cousin's six year old, okay, we have this box and this toilet paper roll and this tin foil over here. Okay, what can we, what can we make with that? Um, and then I love that. I love that because. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. No. I, I just want to say I love that because it really it really does take into account the current climate for two reasons. Number one, it literally takes into account the climate. You know, I know that we met in the context of being in a place where we were literally at the resource of natural water in South America, yes. right? Of natural sweet water. We were at yeah. the glaciers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, so I know that 
you know, the, taking care of the environment as, is as important to you as it is to me. And I think that right mm -hmm. now, especially, we are being called to take care of the environment with, yeah. with everything that's happening. But then aside from that, it's really, it's like the, I know this is such a cheesy example, but like the pillow challenge, right? It's like, what can you do with the, what's in your house without going exactly. out and going to a toy store? Mm -hmm. It's like, we're not only, you're not only suggesting activities that care for the planet, but you're also saying, no, no, let's like actually use resources that you have available to you. Mm -hmm. and change and transform them into something else you're you're kind of doing like alchemy <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> I think it is really like and i think that comes from my ot background like we you know you only have so much at the hospital to work with um i worked at a public hospital uh we had patients who were very wealthy to patients who had been living on the street and trying to find ways to get them to be able to do the things they really wanted to do before, you know, trying to get people to use a cell phone before there were touch screens. We had to come oh up with God. all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and I really got into the, the idea of like, how can we make the world accessible to people, but without it being super expensive, because not every, if you have the resources you can do, whatever. Um, but yeah, and also we have all these materials that are just getting thrown out. What can we do with it? And I've kind right. of used that concept both while traveling and, um, and in my job. This is lovely. Um, I think that's such a great thing that you are offering right now. So yes, please follow her on Instagram <laughs> and Facebook, Therapy Nomad. And um, well, before we wrap up, I want to just ask you the same question that I ask all of my interviewees as a way to sort of create a link between all of you. But everyone's going to have a very different and unique response because as we've been saying, every individual is unique. So, uh, Christine, what moves you to the bones? The, the bone woman wants to know. <laughs> um, I think it kind of addresses a little bit actually already. Um, as I was talking, I was like, oh, I think, yeah. Um, it really is um, being able to help people and see people do things that they maybe didn't think they could do before or couldn't access before. And then knowing that I played some role in their ability to improve their quality of life. That's, that's what, um, yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. I think that's that's all everyone you know kind of wants to do is like is is or at least the people that I that I love you know it's like what, what yeah. can I what can I do kindred spirits my kindred spirits yeah it's like what what can what mark can I leave here in this world mm -hmm. you know how can I make it a better place how can I make it more enjoyable and accessible exactly. for people around me yeah exactly well thanks so much for coming on the program today. You thank have you been for lovely and thank you for your your confidence i am so excited to see where our relationship friendship keeps going um, exactly you know like it started next to each other intense and who knows maybe <laughs> we'll be creating videos of different activities to do at home with your kids who knows you know it would be great <laughs> well thanks so much for coming on and i hope you have an awesome day here thank you too bye bye 
an expat and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to start that over. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening today. What moves me to the bones is having these conversations and knowing that you're listening on the other end. Remember, what we speak about in these episodes are just recommendations and tips. If you have a real health problem, please consult with your medical doctor. This podcast is 100% original, with music and production by Christian Fresno. See you next time. And you? What moves you to the bones? <laughs>